0: people, and welcome back to the Park Lane Podcast, episode number 24. Thank you all for joining us this fun Saturday morning. Uh, my name is Luke. I'm your host. And as always, I'm joined by my co host, who I did see dance into the intro, Harry. <laughs> Harry, how
1: are you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you. I forgot that you could see me uh, in the corner. Yeah, I, I love that intro. It's always my favourite. Yeah, pleasure to be here. It's a Saturday. As I said, you know, what, what can I ask for? With you on Park Claim
0: Podcast, talking about Spurs on a Saturday morning. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. Thank you very much again, Harry, for coming on. Yes, um, Right, before we get into it, you know, all the good stuff. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you are watching on YouTube. Don't forget to get your comments in if you're watching live and get your thoughts in if you're watching in the future. And if you're listening on any podcast platform, don't forget to follow and leave us a five-star review. So let's get into it, Harry. First of all, we're joined by Huddersfield Town Fan TV. They've said, Harry, you legend. Thanks, thank guys. You. Thank you very much for joining. Yeah, thank you very, very much for joining in. But make sure you are subscribed, and we will follow and uh, subscribe to you as well, because we like sharing the love. Um, Right. Harry, let's just get straight into it. Like, it's not been a good week at Spurs, let's be honest. No. (laughs) When when do we ever sit on here and say, what an amazing week we've had at Tottenham. But let's go all the way back to last weekend, three o'clock kickoff, and talk about uh, Leicester City. We lost 4-1, and we went 1-0 up, classic Spurs, and then lost 4-1. What are your thoughts, like, a week on from that game? Like, what are your kind of thoughts now you've had time to think about it?
1: I'm frustrated, to be honest. You know, I was more, you know, still frustrated at the time, but I'm, you know, even more frustrated now because if we won that game, I believe we would have thrown ourselves in the mix, you know, with the likes of Man United, Newcastle. For example, I believe we're only like 12 points out of Arsenal. And if we win that Leicester game, as silly as it sounds, you know, we are in the mix somewhere. Um, so I think that was a bit of a missed opportunity. It's a shame because... You know, I sat on here, we sat on here, didn't we, last Saturday? You know, positive. We've beaten City, I think, three w- wins in a row in all competitions. Going into that Leicester game saying, you know, if we, if we win, you know, if we really throw ourselves in the mix. And then, obviously, we've lost two since then. And Leicester, just a disaster. You know, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, basically.
0: Yeah, definitely, mate. And, um, you know, it started reasonably well. You know a couple of good corners uh Benton course steps up scores you know from a kind of rebound melee in the box and then it kind of all goes pete tong you know it's it reminded me a little bit of like uh man city away to a certain degree yeah. you know where we kind of scored we went in the lead and then we just absolutely capitulated like Looking back, like what do you think is was the downfall in that game, or do you just genuinely think that it was just a few errors that cost us? I I think that obviously we got the first
1: goal and it's a good way to start the game. But I just think that Conte was tactically outclassed by Brendan Rodgers. It's hard to admit, and you'll never get Conte come out and admit that. Of course, that's the type of person he is. I don't want to be too harsh on him, his situation at the moment, but I believe he got tactically outclassed. I think Leicester came here with a good game plan and delivered it and got everything spot on, you know, and it could have gone all wrong. You know, we took the first goal, but they stuck at their game plan and they did, delivered it. I think we were terrible defensively. The likes of were marked out the game, Kulisevski and Son. You know, nobody knew they were there, existent. Um, so, yeah, everything, as I said, I think everything that could have gone wrong for us went wrong. And I credit to Leicester and Brennan Rodgers. You know, they got everything right and it was just... You know, it could have been worse, you know, I mean, 4-1's bad, but you know, that had a goal disallowed, and they would, you know, we were absolutely terrible, probably our worst performance of the season, to go from our best performance of the season against City, to what I
0: think is our worst performance against Leicester, I mean, it's just so spurs. Definitely, but that kind of, like, speaks volumes about the time under Antonio Conte, doesn't it? Like, let's be honest, you know, it's never been, you know, when he it's came been, in, and I will go on to Conte later, for those that kind of want to talk about that, but We'll talk very briefly now. Like, he came in and everybody said, you know, this is the man that will shore up Spurs. This is the man that will uh, tactically be able to solidify our defense. And, you know, we can talk about the fact that, you know, Pedro Porras' debut, Jaffa Tanganga was playing there, Eric Dyer, Ben Davis, you know, all of those players, right? But I still can't get my head around an elite manager not being able to shore up us defensively Over halfway through the season, I still remember him saying, and I don't know if this is a true quote or not, so forgive me for this, but I still remember hearing, oh, you know, we will be fresher, the freshest team, you know, after the World Cup break. Yeah. Saving ourselves for after the World Cup. I haven't seen any freshness in our legs whatsoever. No, we've been terrible, I think,
1: Luke, after the World Cup. Um, And uh, it's just, you know, we thought that we could, I mean, thinking about it as Spurs you know, you'd hope, we could kick on after the World Cup, you know, started all right, you know, could make it even better. Because under Conte last season, the second half of the season, we were far better, you know, which which got us top four. Yeah, and it baffles me how an elite manager can't sort out a defence. But we said the same, didn't we, with Mourinho. Oh, he's still out the defence, you know, perhaps he did for a short period of time. We're still very leaky i like to say, like you mentioned, and I'm glad you did the likes of Poirot and made his debut. I think some people will be really quick to judge him on a debut. I mean, he's never played in the Premier League before. I think he needs time to adapt to the physicality and the speed of the English game. You don't realise, unless you're playing in another league, that he's come, you know, he's Portuguese, come from Portugal, you know, Portugal's league. This is completely different, um, so he needs time to settle. But I don't know why Conte threw him in there, in a what I think was a must win game. I don't know why Conte throws him in there when Emerson's uh, stepped up and fought for his place recently. I'd love to see in the end Pare starting, you know, every game or every other game, you know, 90 minutes per share. That's all what we I think was all what we want. But to throw him in there on his debut from the start against Leicester, up against the likes of Barnes, you know, Inacho, Madison, Tielemans, I think was ridiculous if you think about it. I can't think of many managers that would do that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I I agree. You know, trying to give any blame towards Pedro Porro is a dangerous game to start playing. You know, when you have the likes of Japheth Tanganga, who's not, you know, a first-team regular at right centre-back playing alongside you, it's not going to be easy. But I also think that I don't believe he played his position well enough. I felt like at times he was far too high up the pitch. Yeah. Um, And, you know... They, they countered the counter-attackers, basically. But let's jump on to uh, the comment here that says, didn't expect this result against Leicester and actually very surprised because Leicester haven't been that good this season. As far as Rodgers, I don't really rate him. The goals conceded were poor. Now, I'm going to touch on that um, saying that I agree. You know, I don't believe Brendan Rodgers is a very good manager in the Premier League, Um you know he did all right in in Scotland, poorly, realistically with Liverpool, um, and you know he's doing a, a pretty poor job at, at Leicester. And, and let's look at Leicester's you know goals they've conceded this season. You know the start of the season was awful for them. They've got a championship level goalkeeper in goal, but then you flip back that back to Spurs and Fraser Forster, awesome. who came in because of the injured injured Hugo Lloris again, played poorly. You know, I don't believe that his ability to get down and save low shots was good enough. He used his feet too much. And, uh, yeah, I think they... Maybe they looked at his age and said, you know what, let's just get the ball low, stick it in the corner, and you never know what might happen. And, uh, you know, it, it did work, definitely. But what's your thoughts on uh, on that there, that, you know, they've said about the being surprised about the result? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think... I think I said that I don't think it'd be easy.
1: Leicester away with the players they've got. But if we're going to get any joy out of the game, I said we need to get the first goal, which we did. But also, you know, we need to we need to create chances and be clinical. And, you know, there was no creativity whatsoever. You can't be clinical if there's no creativity. And you look at that Leicester defence and you look at Danny Warding goal, no offence, but you look at that defence, including the goalkeeper, and you go, you know, we should have a field day against them. You know, you should be scoring goals against them. We only scored one. Uh, and when you only score one one goal in a game, when you're Spurs, you know that you're probably going to lose, knowing our defence. Um, so although we were defensively shocking, I thought also going forward, really, really poor, lack of creativity. You know, even the likes of corps who got the goal, sadly picked up an injury. I mean, I'm grateful he got the goal, but he, even he, didn't look at his best, lacked that creativity. And you've got creative players in there, like Benson, Cole, Kulisevsky, Son, Kane, but there was no creativity in there. As I said, I think Leicester got their game plan spot on uh, and we were just annihilated basically. And But that's when a, a Luke, an elite manager, should be able to go, right, something's not working, and change it. But Conte may make a substitution or sometimes he makes this ridiculous three subs in a row, which completely disrupts the game uh, and some that don't make any sense. But he never has a plan B. And that is an issue as a manager because everybody knows that we play with like 3-4-3 three, three, or whatever you want to call it, 3-4-2-1. And everybody knows how we play and it thinks predictable. It's the same under Mourinho towards the end and the same under Conte now. Teams know how we play and know that we have no answer for it. Like Leicester looked at it and go, we go low in the corner against Fraser Falster. You know, we attack them. We press high. We mark Kane out the game. You know, easy. We're going to win this. And exactly I think it's exactly what happened. I think it's really basic to play Spurs. I hate to say it. But I think it's really easy. You know, you've got to come here uh, and... Uh, you know, deliver your game plan. I mean, you think it's simple to beat Spurs if you if you understand Conte and the way we do things. So it's, it's just frustrating and there should be a plan B there.
0: Definitely. And I'm going to come to this comment a little bit later because I don't disagree with it to a certain extent, but I have a lot of things to talk about with Antonio Conte. <laughs> so we'll come back to that. So we did mention, before we move on to the Milan game, we did mention, um, you know, the Benton Court injury You know, sadly, it looks like an ACL injury. Um, That's him out for the entire rest of the season. Our main talisman in the midfield, our main dictator of play. Um, You know, it's going to be a big loss for us. But I agree with you, Harry. I think that going back to Antonio Conte and changing it up, why not look at the game and say, look, this five at the back isn't working. Change the formation. Yeah, why not Simple. go to a four at the back, move one yes. of the wing backs and change them with Skip or Sarr and make it a three in midfield, be able to come and... But the same happened against Arsenal. We got overrun in midfield and he never, ever looks at changing that five at the back. And that is the problem. That is, the problem. that is the problem. It not working, you know? Even earlier on in the season, this isn't working. Rather than loaning out Jed Spence, we'll play him as a right back, you know, in his more familiar role, I suppose, yeah. um, if he's not going to work as a right wing back. Or... You know, either take Poro off or Perisic off, and then shift everybody across and have That's Ben brilliant. Davis at left back, Jaffet and, and uh, Eric Dyer at centre back, or take Jaffet off, bring on Davidson Sanchez centre back. There are so many tactical options that could have been done, but none of them were implemented, and the substitutions again were far, far, far too late once the game has already been done. So, anyway, I'm I'm sick of talking about Leicester. Let's move on to the midweek game away in the Champions League in Milan. Now the game for those live under rocks, you know, and don't know what the scores are. The game finished 1-0 to AC Milan. And I don't think Spurs played badly in this game. I don't think we were bad at all. I thought we were very lacklustre and I thought we were very slow, but I don't think that we we were bad. And all the talk that we had about Fraser Forster In the first five minutes, when we actually conceded, he was absolutely outstanding. You know, my talk of him is inability to get down and get the ball. He managed to get down, get the ball, and get up and get the ball. But, you know, unfortunately, that we still did concede. But, what, like, again, what are your overall thoughts on the Champions League game?
1: Um, I thought. Despite what you see on Twitter, I think we actually played OK. I think we lacked creativity, though, in the final third. But we, this is an ongoing issue. It's been all season. We don't have a Madison or an Ericsson, which most teams have, maybe not to the same level. You know, Arsenal have Odegaard, United have Fernandes, City have De Bruyne. You know, I would probably pick out every team and say that they've got a creative player in there he like you said, is our talisman. You know, he's creative. I don't think he's enough to do it on his own, that Arsenal have, for example. I hate to use them as an example, but at the end of the day, they are joint top of the league. They have Odegaard, Party, and Xhaka. Uh, and like I, I always say, I always compare, parties like our Bentoncourt. Uh, Xhaka, I think, is like Hoyberg, but we don't have their Odegaard. And that that is what we miss. And... Um, yeah, I think we played OK. We played OK. I thought we we fought to the end uh, and probably, you know, if we're better in the final third, could have got something out of the game. I think we go into that second leg on the 8th of March, you know, in a good place, going into the home leg. And it could have been a lot worse, Luke. You know, it could have been 2-3-0. There was opportunities, big opportunities, especially towards the end Milan had to make it two or even three. Um, so at the end of the day, I don't want to say it's hard to say you're happy with a loss. But you're happy the position, you know, you're going into that second leg. Um, the first goal I'd you know, like to touch on as well that we conceded. I thought Fraser Forster made a couple of excellent saves. But I thought it was really poor defending from the likes of Romero, Dyer, Even Perisic and Lengle were too slow, I think, to get across and help. So I thought generally that first goal was of our, of our, was, was of our own making. Uh, and I think Fraser Forster done the best he could and credit for, to him for that. But yeah, I think we're going to the second leg with confidence and we're still in it and we have a big opportunity.
0: Definitely. There's a comment here that says, even though you did lose to Milan 1-0, you're still well within the game. And taking it back to White Hart Lane for the second leg, you can fancy your chances still. Having the second leg at home is a big advantage. I I completely agree. I think that, you know, losing 1-0 is not ideal. You know, not only for the fans that travelled all the way to Milan to watch us lose 1-0 is not ideal. But I think you're 100% right. And as far as I remember, Harry, you're going to the Milan game. So, um, you know we can hope that that we do turn up in this game and and do offer some threat because this is the same Milan side that, as far as I remember, conceded five against Swassalu, however you pronounce them. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you know, to not test them thoroughly, especially even when their keeper kind of injured his ankle after a while as well. And I thought, here's the time to kind of really get some shots off, to really try and detect him whether that's crosses into the box, to test his jumping ability, to be able to catch the ball. Um, you know, everything like that we we didn't tend to do, but I want to flip back to a combination really of Emerson Royal and um Christian Romero because I think they both had two kind of contrasting games to a certain degree. I want to start with uh Christian Romero because in the first lead up to the first goal, there was a header won by Teo Hernandez who leaped well above um Christian Romero won the ball and he was the one who got the shot off that led to to the goal. Um, and I just felt like again, he wasn't I was critical of him last week, and then we were terrible without him. I'm not gonna be as critical on him this week because we were better with him than we were without him. But that inability to that I need my centre backs to have good jumping reach, right? I need my centre backs to be able to head the ball high above, you know. The attacking player. People can say, "Well, Teo Hernandez had a run up," but he uh, his jumping reach and jumping ability was much better than than uh, Romero, and uh, that's the bit that that cost us that goal. Um, On the flip side, I felt that uh, Emerson Royal had a all right game, and he was much better at defending against Teo Hernandez and Rafael Leal because. You know, Leao is a very, very tricky player, very fast, technical uh, player. And, you know, bar a couple of good crosses that he put in that we allowed uh, him to put in, he really was kind of ineffective in the game. So I was pleased to see that from him. I don't think he was outstanding, but I thought that he was a lot better than uh, he has been. And yeah, what, what are your thoughts on kind of both of those talking points?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I agree with you in terms of Romero with their first goal. I think he's got to do better. He's got to see that Hernandez is there and he's going to jump for it. You know, he just—I think he—he he just doesn't have control of the moment. I think that's poor, and he should. When you make that mistake, you should be able to get up and get back in time. Uh, and also, I don't like to, to criticize individuals, but the likes of Di, I think. Although his best efforts to get across, he's got to be quicker. He's got to see that situation and help out his mate. You know, he's got to get there, get his foot in the way. I think Fraser Forster makes an excellent save. Then you've got to get on the line. You've got the likes of Perisic who's on the floor, too slow, even slower than Fraser Forster to get up. And you've got Lengle, who's who looks like he's he's going for strolling stroll in the park to feed the Ducks and can't get back in time as well. Um, so I thought generally it's poor defending, you know, for that first goal. But I thought Fraser Forster done probably the best he could uh, Emerson, again, you know, I thought we had an alright game. I think he is fighting for his position. He's a player I've criticised a lot, not quite as much as Matt Doherty. I've always preferred him to be fair over Matt Doherty, but he's a player that is has been poor this season. There's no escaping that. He's a player that I think spent like a million to help his own defendants. That does say something. Um, but there's 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 better signs there's there's progress. He's fighting for his place at the moment. He deserves to play uh, to get his place. Why I think Poro settles into the team, you know, gets to know people better, uh, makes an impact via the bench. I'd I'd never start and he signing on his debut. You know against the, in a must win game against good attacking players. I just I just wouldn't. Uh, so I think that was ridiculous of Conte to do, and I think I only blame Conte for that. But yeah, I thought Emerson had a good game as well against Milan, but Romero. You know, he is our best defender. I don't think that's any, I don't think it's that much debate to debate about on that. Uh, but I do think that oh, I want to see him like Liverpool Van Dyke was last season, you know, Arsenal Saliba, Man United Martinez. I want to see him step up even more and, you know, perhaps start, start getting his name on the score sheet from corners, from set pieces, uh, and really demanding and, and bossing, if you like, that defence because. I want to see him also vocally you know, leading by example. I like when he charges. You know, when we lack that creativity, that's when someone like Red against Milan, someone like Romero should sort have of drove. Uh, I just didn't see that. So, I I call for more consistency from him, like we touched about, and also a message to Conte. I think that that he should let Poro settle in, and Emerson's doing okay at the moment.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I completely agree. On the flip side of that, you know, we had a, an issue in in defence, and, uh, you know, both you and I were on uh, Holly Agrenbaugh's show on Monday night, and, you know, we talked about who was going to play midfield, and for me, the only choice, because with Heuberg, uh suspended and Court injured, the only choice was to play Skip and Saar, and uh, I felt like they were both absolutely outstanding. I cannot yeah. put, you know... I don't think either of them put a foot wrong. I felt like Sartre was incredibly powerful. I felt that he uses strength. He's a tall guy as well. So I felt like he used, you know, a little bit of pace that he's got. Um, I don't think you'd see him doing mazy runs like Human Son does. And there was a couple of moments when he kind of lashed at the ball outside the box, you know, which at times I don't mind because I think no one else is doing it. Yeah. Like, you know, have I have a good. pot. But yeah. I felt like, you know, if we start on Sa, I felt like he showed, you know, how old are you now, like 20? I think so, yeah. Yeah, 19, 20. I 20. felt yeah, like he 20. showed, you know, a massive presence in that midfield. I felt like he stepped up against some of the best players, you know, in European football because, you know, looking like Olivier Giroud, um, Teo Hernandez, Rafael Leal, you know, there's, there's lots of good players in that Milan side. And I felt like he fought hard. Yeah. He won the ball back. And, um, you know, I was really, really, really impressed. So let's start with with him, with Saar. What what were your thoughts on on Saar's performance?
1: Well, firstly, I think they've both done us proud uh, in midfield uh, against Milan. You know, that's an, with Saar individually, that's another example of him being thrown into a game unexpectedly, like he was against Arsenal and not putting a foot wrong, you know, really, you know, I don't think, like for example, Benson and Hoiberg, two great players. You know, the, Benson cross especially is going to be a huge miss this season, right? But I, I don't think we noticed their absence in midfield. That I thought Sar and Skip were that good that. You know, that wasn't what we were lacking. They didn't put foot wrong, controlled the play. So in particular, you know, having, having a pop, like you said, from distance, although they weren't anywhere near the goal. You know, I like to see that because lots of our players are scared to do that. And when things aren't working, you've sometimes just got to pull the trigger and have a go and you never know. You know, a keeper could make a mistake, you know, could go out for a corner, things like that. So, yeah, I thought they have done us proud in midfield. It's interesting. Hopefully we get on to who, we, who would partner Hoyberg against uh, West Ham, I think that's an interesting call, whether you go for a little bit more uh, of experience in Skip or you go for the youth uh, in, in Saar. So I think it's, it's an interesting one. But I think that one things for certain. They've definitely done us proud in midfield. And that's the positive thing out of that defeat, that Skip and Saar really were fantastic. And it's they both have bright futures uh, ahead of them, whether it's at the club or elsewhere. And I think it's just excellent for the future of Tottenham.
0: Yeah, and, and with Sar as well, um, you know, people forget, you know, we are talking about a good player here. He won the African Young Player of the Year Award, I think it was last year, and he yeah, came from it. the same scouting network as Sadio Mane came he from. Did, yeah. And so, you know, it, we need to, like, remember that we have a good player and that it shouldn't be surprising that, um, you know, this player has, is doing so well for us, but we should also be incredibly proud of the performance because to step up in the Champions League debut and and perform like he did in a hostile atmosphere like the San Siro, um, you know, I was thoroughly impressed. Let's jump onto this comment quickly. Says uh, Romero is a very good player who I do agree needs to find more consistency, but actually he has started his time at Spurs uh, very nicely. I agree. I don't disagree with it. I just think that, you know, and I think we both agree on this, Harry, that he needs to step up more, you know, and he needs to be a stronger presence he needs to have a cooler head and um, yes that's a good point you know little thing. let's jump on to oliver skip because he again is slightly different to sar not as tall and not as kind of pal but what he does offer is a little bit of trickery you know kind of his ability to drop the shoulder, go back the other way, his calmness on the ball. Um, he is, and this will go on to this, I think he is more like Court in a in a degree. And Saar, for me, would be more like Hovierg in, in defence. That's the way I look at it. Um, but yeah, I felt like he was good. I felt like he joined the attacks well. I felt like he linked up with Kulusevski well on that side. You know, I was I was thoroughly um, impressed, and after his kind of cameo against when he came on against Man City, which I talked about last week, um, yeah, you know, I, I was pretty impressed with him. What, what what were your thoughts on Ollie Skip?
1: Yeah, impressive because I think people um, are very quick to jump to conclusions and go, look, you know, we've had a lack of investment in midfield, but people forget Skip and saw, Although they may be for the future, they proved, you know, that they although they may be, you know, for the future project, they are certainly ready to be thrown in there in a hostile atmosphere, in a big game. You know, we were terrible weren't we against Arsenal, but, but SAR was like a shining light, as they call it, you know, through through like a dark tunnel is the way I like to say it. And, and with Skip as well, you know, again, against Milan, thought it was fantastic, didn't put a foot wrong. Somebody's footwork was amazing. I thought they were both amazing, but Skip was the player for me that really stepped up and had a, had a big say in things, what we were doing going forward and really, really cool on the ball. Them two, fantastic. I wouldn't have a problem with them being thrown into another big game. London derby this weekend against West Ham, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with them being thrown in there. So I have more concerns about our defence and lack of creativity. But midfield, I think it's the least of our worries because they've both proven they can step up. Uh, And I think they're fighting I don't think they're that far off of a Premier League Premier League start. We know when Benson, Goran Hoiberg are here. As good as they both are, I think Saron skipped that performance.
0: They can't be that far behind. Yeah, it's a very, very good point, isn't it? Because, you know, we will get on to West Ham towards the end of the show. But, you know, what's stopping them from becoming, you know, for the rest of the season, our midfield partnership? Because they, they clearly proved they work well together if you put one of them in alongside Hoiberg, who you know we're now saying automatically gets a starting spot in the team which i, I don't disagree with because of his you know at least his assist ability this season and his goal scoring he offers that a little bit more but you do you know it's not far away from them being a you know a starting partnership in this tottenham hotspur team towards the end of the season and so i think that that can be exciting for us Definitely, I, I, but, you know, I I,
1: I personally play Hojberg, Skip and Sar against West Ham and change the formation to 3 which I, I did, you know, I think we discussed yesterday. Um, But Conte certainly won't do that. I think, you know, Conte's a manager, you know, although I wish him a speedy recovery, he's a manager who can't accept his mistakes and won't change things when things aren't going wrong. Sometimes change the personnel, make lots of changes in games, but won't change the style Formation tactics, anything like that. Hoyberg is a player that I like. You know, we've had this discussion before, haven't we, Luke? You know, Hoyberg's a player that I like and have liked for a while. But uh, you know, I can't lie. I don't think Skip and Sarr are that far behind him. I think Benson calls a long way ahead, uh, and Hoyberg should be fighting for his position uh, now because Skip and Sarr proved against Milan. You know that we, we didn't miss him or Benson call that much. Um, so you know, people say, "Oh, Skip and Sar are a long way behind." I really don't think so. I think they're they're knocking on the door, uh, and the likes of Hoiberg need to now step up.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh Let's move on then, as you did touch on our manager Antonio Conte, because you know the last couple of games that we've seen him step back into the managerial role. I think we talked on Monday on again on Holly's show that. Um. He is not being well enough to, you know, stand in the touchline and to, to kind of dictate, you know, what happens off the pitch, you know, we do have to remember, you know, and I will keep touching on this, that he has, you know, lost two very good friends, a close colleague of his this year. Um, And, you know, now he's gone for his gallbladder surgery and he always wants to be there and be on the touchline, but the, the, the news has now come out that he's going to stay in Italy with his family whilst he recovers. And as bad as this sounds, don't think it's a bad thing. What What's your thoughts on this?
1: I, Luke, I agree. And I hate to admit it. But the reality is Conte came back for two games and we lost them both. And, and uh, we beat Manchester City with Stellini in what is arguably our best performance and probably even best result of the season. Uh, personally, I think Conte looked at that game excited, thought we are in a good place and rushed himself back. You know, I think he's absolutely obsessed with football. I mean, we all are, but I think we could all keep away if it was a sake for our health. So, yeah, it was silly that he he came back far too early for me. You know, I think he's feeling the consequences of that. He didn't look right, did he, in either of the games against Leicester? Looked, looked terrible. Milan, his interview, you could tell, he, he, he looked not ready, so that's silly of him. Uh, and he has had a difficult year, and uh, you know I, I can't criticise him that much. I mean, he does get paid 15 million a year, but he has had a difficult year. Uh, and yeah, I do feel do feel sorry for him for that. But I think now it's time to step away uh, and real and trust, put more trust in Stellini, who's a very likable guy, handles the media well, uh, and has potential to be, I think, a future manager. I mean, I might get into this, but few, some people have picked up on the fact that Stellini could become a potential manager. Who knows if he wants to you to do that, whether it's at Tottenham, whether it's somewhere else. Uh, but that's just that's just an idea. But I think perhaps the players feel pressure when Conte's there, but I think Conte's now time to step away, relax, leave it to Stellini. Uh, you know, we've got obviously we've got two important canoes, West Ham and Chelsea. But he, he still have, I'm sure he still has some kind of communication, some kind of form, of getting his message across to Stellini, contact with the players. So it's like he's there basically anyway. Um, but yeah, he, I think it was silly for him to come back and I think he's feeling the consequence of that. But I do wish him a speedy recovery. Has to put his health for, first. As that comment says there, health comes first and football does come second. And sometimes it t- is hard for all of us to admit, you know, as much as we love football, our health and somebody else's health does come first. And that is just the reality.
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, just reading this comment here saying I fear Conte puts health first because it's the most important thing. But mm-hmm. you know, you know, whoever is running this Huddersfield fan TV account must be um, must be something to do with one of these Twitter warriors of Spurs because some of these comments here. I think the problem lies with Levy not backing Conte. This is clear lack of creativity and defensively a yeah. bit shaky and. This isn't a Conte problem. 15 managers before him couldn't do much because of the lack of investment by the board. I completely and utterly disagree 1000% by this. This Really? 100% an Antonio Conte problem. Wow. 100%. 100%. 100%. Look at the terrible, terrible football we have played under Antonio Conte this season. Not backing a not backing a manager. We spent over four hundred million since uh, two two 19 and this whole lack of investment is bullshit. Sorry, Larry, Harry, I'm very sorry. I had to no, explain. you're fine. I go, I'm
1: gonna have to. I'm gonna have to disagree with you, though. I'm afraid. Uh, I think Conte. I've come on here and criticised him. His stubbornness is an issue. Lack of plan B is an issue. Uh, I think it's time to change formation. Uh, and the, the football we're playing is awful, and the results are awful, and you can't excuse that. However, at the end of the day, he's an elite manager, and proven winner who's won elsewhere, and is in, if, you, if the likes of Mourinho and Conte can't win a trophy with the Spurs, then who can? I don't. Conte, I think, is part of the problem, but not the problem. But I agree with that comment there uh, from Hustle Town TV. To be honest with you, uh, you know that. Looking at our defence here, we've had two centre backs in what six years, and one of them is Rodon. But there's only I understand there's so much leaving the ball can do. I think we had a decent six out of ten window, uh, and the centre back would have made it elite window. So excuses are running out for Conte. Um, however, lots of managers have, have failed now to win here. Uh, and I don't think that any manager that I've ever seen has been backed at Tottenham. Conte was was given Poro, a player that we wanted. It only took thirty days, but we you know we got we got Porro. Uh, but there's a difference uh, between back in your manager. I don't think signing Dan Juma is back in your manager. Clever business, clever club signing. I wouldn't say it's back in your manager. Back in your managers is going and get every single position that your manager wants and every single player that you're.
0: But how much wants. money? How much money is that going to like put a number? You know right. how much? How much do com- the board have to spend? for it to be an acceptable yeah. amount of money. That's what
1: I was saying, Luke. You know, there's only so much you can do. But I think we're now feeling the effect, as pointed out on BT Sport, I believe by Rio van Nand, we're feeling the effects of l- lack of investment in 2019. I've said this before. I think we only needed one player to win that Champions League final, whether it's a creative player, replacement for Kane, because he wasn't 100%. There is only so much Levy in the ball can do. And Conte is, at the end of the day, an elite manager that gets paid 50 million a year. But he is an elite manager and he is a proven winner. And people... Do forget that, and he is someone that's had a difficult year. But excuses are, I agree, running out for Conte. But I can't see the likes of uh Poch or um Tuchel or anybody uh fixing the problem and winning a trophy at Tottenham. Uh, I think people think that we were so close under Potocino and you know getting Mourinho and Conte would get us a trophy, but we haven't still haven't won a trophy. And although we'd, we looks like we've had, you know, we're in a good position now, fifth in the league, round of sixteen Champions League, round of sixteen, you know, knockouts of the FA Cup, round of sixteen. Uh, but our performances and results haven't been great at all the whole season. So, especially since the World Cup. But yeah, there is only so much that that uh, Levy and the ball can do. And I say admire
0: them on a the football side of things, but Levy does need to step away from the football but, side of things. He doesn't not, have a clue. How much money? Does that Levy have to spend for yeah, fans to say that the manager has been backed? I would that, comes
1: to, that comes down to poor recruitment, which is partly down to Levy. I think that we've wasted a lot of money. For example, I read somewhere I can't remember the exact statistics. We've got millions and millions of players, you know, on loan. I can't remember if it's a hundred or two hundred million, might be more, uh, on loan. Yeah, I think we the recruitment has been even worse than the investment. I think the investment's been there, and people forget the stadium debt and that. But what I don't get is why get elite managers and then, you know, say we haven't got any money, you know, we're not going to fully back you. Then surely you'd be better to go down the Potashino route, the Ryan Mason route, the Graham Potter type route and go youth and go not spend as much money. I wouldn't have a problem with that. But, you know, it's strange. You've either got to go for an elite manager and spend like Chelsea and City do, which I don't expect us to do, by the way, or go down a younger uh, manager route and go down the younger player route with spool. You know, amount of investment. I
0: I just don't think that we know what we're doing at the moment. You've done a very good job of being a politician, Harry, but how much money do we have to spend before people get off Levy's back? Well, I'm not going to answer that
1: question, you see. I'm not going to put a statistic on that, but we we had a six out of 10 window, right? Decent. Fair enough. As I said, the excuses are running out for Conte, but still, if you look at our defence, that is an under-invested defence. They get criticised for this, but he's lots of those players will not get into a championship team or even an, you know, another Premier League team. I don't think they'd get anywhere. I, as I said, there is, there is only so much that Levy and the ball can do and, and Conte should be getting more out of the players. This is something we've touched on. However, Levy, you can't sit there and go that Levy, Levy's innocent. You know, no signings for two years under Potashina. That is the reason why we didn't win a trophy. Yes, we had the new stadium; it's fantastic. Business side of things were great, but football side of things were not. Levy, perhaps he has an the intention there. I think spends the money, but I just don't think he knows what he's doing. That's when he steps back. Good businessman. If you if you read, you know, he, if you search on Google, Wikipedia, he's a businessman, and he doesn't know any more than we do about football so stick to that give more power to power or if you don't trust him another football director because surely that's the point of a football director uh but yeah as I said there's only so much that they can do and Conte you know needs to be getting more out of the players or Stellini now needs to be getting more out of the players and you can't ignore that
0: okay so you refuse to answer how much money that's fine I'll leave it I'll leave it at that this question here um you know big up to Huddersfield fan uh tv because you know it was great great input really enjoyed you know all of these questions so make sure you keep joining in and you know if you like football go over to their channel as well um but this question here why have other managers not worked out step away from pochettino for a second and move to Mourinho antonio conte those are the two i really want to talk about right now why have they not worked out okay We could use the argument, because this is the easy argument, in my opinion, that they have not been backed, they have not been bought, the players that they want, to a degree, we don't 100% know that's true. We don't see the list of players that that they want, you know, written down on a piece of paper. Why have those two in particular managers not worked? I'm removing Nuno from the equation, because (laughs) we tried to get Conte, he wouldn't come, so we just went for Nuno. So I'm removing him, because... It was a pointless managerial well, um, appointment though. Yeah. That is also down to Levy. But they but who else at that time would they have gone and, and got in? You know, there was lots of names floated around. There was names of Gatuso who can step no closer to my club than you know, anybody. Nobody um, wants to come to us. Nobody wants to come to us. No, and you, you can't. You can't blame they, them. They
1: know. Fight. They know they're not going to win a trophy, and they know they're not going to be backed. I mean, the end of the day, no, Luke they don't really, know that. They, they well,
0: know that if they believe in their own ability as a footballing manager, they should know they can win something. Anybody who's egotistical as the two people, uh, Antonio Conte and Jose Mourinho, would know and would love to be able to win. a with trophy first Because they, they would but, turn out. Okay, to be a question for you. Wait, I have a question for you though. Why has Mourinho won a trophy
1: every single club apart from Spurs? Even Roma, after so Nuno's oh, now won yeah. a trophy. Oh, yeah. well to Nuno's now won a trophy with his club. What's well the done answer to him for that?
0: Winning the winning the Conference League. It's you a know, trophy. Well, well look, done, look at trophy. Mourinho's career. Okay, so why hasn't Why didn't Mourinho win with Spurs in the Premier League? Because oh, Mourinho did you know won a
1: trophy with PSG. Mourinho, Nuno, every manager that leaves his club wins a trophy. And Antonio because Conte will be the same.
0: Why, why, why do is, you think that? My question is, why has Mourinho and, and Conte not worked? Because their football is prehistoric and outdated. Then they should have been appointed. Games. Then that's a poor appointment. That's down to Levy as well. There we go then. We, we can blame them for that. But their, their type of football is prehistoric and outdated and will not work in a modern game of the Premier League. Look at, let's use, for example, type of um, manager like Pep Guardiola, right? Look at the way that he can convert a wing back into, for example, an inverted wing back. The ability for them to cut inside, the centre back to step across. The modern game of football has completely changed. And if you start playing this defensive, turgid, boring football in the Premier League, it doesn't work out. Everybody can't play the same. It's no better than having Sean Dyche as your manager because it's exactly the same style of football. It's soak up as much pressure as you can. If you can score one goal, then great. I I believe that's why they didn't work out, because they are prehistoric and outdated football coaches, in my opinion. And you know, the sooner that Antonio Conte walks away from Tottenham, I'll be a much happier man. Nothing to say. (laughs) Nothing to say. say, Because it's true. Anyway, let's move on to, you know... Sorry, so slight uh, internet issue there, but uh, there were many times <laughs> that I mentioned um, about Antonio Conte pre-Christmas that I didn't believe he would stay until the end of the season. Um, uh, or stay past the end of the season, I should stay, and Spurs would go straight back to Mauricio Pochettino. Now, we can talk as much about how it would be a poor choice, poor manager choice, but as a football fan, I want to see exciting football. The other thing that I believe is that flip to next season, we would see four at the back. Yeah. Sure of our defence, we would just need, we would probably need two, but it's likely we would buy one left-footed, highly rated centre-back because we would play with a back four. We could play with poro or Spence or Royale, and then we could play with Udoji, I don't really like Sessegnon, but there's another player in that position there, right? So you play with the Doji, who's coming in the summer. You play with a left-footed centre-back. You play with Christian Romero. And you play with either Porro, Spence or Royale, whoever the manager decides at that time. Under Mauricio Pochettino, we played the best attacking football that I have seen in a long time at Tottenham Hotspur. You know, I am sick to my back teeth of this argument about, well... he didn't win anything at tottenham and i agree right he does need to be to Nobody else put did. himself into that elite bracket Do you know the only person that has won in a long time at trophy at tottenham hotspur one day ramos and he's a shit manager as well so we can't put that down to you know elite managers Rocio Potatino, i i would much be much happier watching attacking progressive football under Pochettino than I would to sit there another week and have to watch us play this defensive, terrible football. Because it's not only defensive football. It's, it It would be different if we were winning 1-0 every week. We can't keep a clean sheet. We can't. No. We can't stop conceding two or three goals. This guy, unfortunately, has had far too long. And as much as anybody says he is not winning anything at Spurs unless he wins the FA Cup this season, that's the only opportunity he's got to win anything at Spurs. And, you know, I, I believe that, that that's that's the best choice. But maybe maybe I'm wrong and, you know, I'll be slated all over the internet for it. But that's <laughs> my opinion. What, what are your thoughts on this? Because people say don't go back to, you know, an old manager. Don't go back to something that didn't work. But the only part that didn't work was when he was fed up with Daniel Levy after the Champions League final. For not re- not being, you know, given what what he wanted, and it was yeah. around, around the time of we'd spent so much money on Wembley, and then we were obviously building the new stadium, and people can say this is excuses, but it's fact. There is just isn't. Look at Arsenal when they built the Emirates Stadium. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it takes a hell of a lot out of a football club, and the amount of money we spent at Wembley to play there twice a week for a long time was was crazy, and so. Uh, you know, what? but what I believe now is that for him, even if he would, I don't even know if he would want to come back. I believe he would. You see him all the time in his Spurs stuff and, you know, um, golfing with the Spurs um, legends and whatnot. But so I believe he would come back, but yeah. there would have to be a conversation, I believe, between him and Daniel Levy to say, you know, I need need recruitment. I need something. But I would much rather watch us go toe-to-toe against Liverpool, watch us go toe-to-toe against Arsenal, watch us go toe-to-toe against Man United and press high up the pitch, press from the front. He would have the ability to, at times, drop Kane back and play with a, a, another striker up front. There are so many possibilities under this, and I cannot see why more people aren't interested in it. And the more and more and more we look at it and the more and more and more we talk about it on Twitter, people are also coming to that conclusion as well. Um... But anyway, sorry, I've gone off on one today. What what are your right. overall thoughts on that?
1: Um, I would take Pochettino back any day. I think we've had this discussion before. I think for now, stick with Conte and hope that we can win something. Whether that be Stellini, I don't know. We it'd be crazy to get rid of whether it is sacked or he walks. But it'd be crazy, you know, to get rid of Conte when when you you know he's still in the Champions League, still in the FA Cup, and top four still for grabs. Although it looks unlikely, you know, but still. You know, in a better position than Liverpool, Chelsea are in the table at the end of the season. I mean, my dream would be Conte to stay to the end of the season, or Stini, win trophy, like win the FA Cup, you know, and uh, then leave. Then Pochettino to come. I think, I think that, um, what I, I want to see more of, I want to see more youth. You know, Arsenal under Arteta, the youth, Chelsea still have youth in their team. We don't, obviously, we had Sip and Skip and star, but Conte's very reluctant to try out young players a bit like Mourinho was and that's the only thing that frustrates me about elite coaches right now we're playing terrible football with terrible results and I can tolerate it said the same under Mourinho same under Conte now if we win you know we play well get against City I think we play we play you know more interesting football but regardless you know if we had three percent of the ball you know still one that is okay you know I can tolerate it a little bit more but it's the fact that we're now performing poor you know and results are poor. Uh, so, yeah, take Pochino back any day. I think he'll have a big effect on the Youth Academy. I think players like like um, Jed, Jed Spence, you know, Adoki, um, I think there's loads, even the likes of, I think Ryan Sessegnon, I think will flourish. You know, it'll be a lot, lot better. Uh, I think he'll see that he has to drop Kane back. I think Richarlison will get more starts. I And I think we'll be playing the football, you know, that we want. And I can't see it's been in any worse position. Yes, some people may sit here, and say, like you pointed out, Luke, yes, we didn't win anything, but if Mourinho and Conte couldn't win anything, and then, you know, that that, that says something. You know, I think Pochettino done a good job. I think like the likes of Mourinho walked into the job. I think Daniel Levy also thought the same, and you can't blame him, because I think some fans, including us, probably did at the time, think that that although Pochettino, you know, done a good job, you know, an elite manager would win a trophy and get us over the line. I think if, you, if you'd asked back in 2018, right, on 2019, if you'd asked, us, you know, do you think we would have won a trophy by 2023? We would have gone, yes. You know, the fact, if you had asked us, we would have had Mourinho and Conte. You would going gone, oh, yeah, we would have won a trophy. So close under Pochettino. But it turns out it wasn't the case. It turned out that Pochettino basically worked a miracle with what he's got. And I'm someone who believes this is a lot better squad that we've got now than we had under Pochettino. I think Mourinho and Conte, although I don't think they've been backed, although I think they have, you know, they've had players signed for them. You know, big, big players, whether they've been bats, whether it's their choice. you yeah, know, money's been spent under them too, to win a trophy. And you can't blame Levy for that in a way. I think it's now time to to accept, you know, a lead manager isn't even going to win us a trophy. You know, Pochettino was the answer and probably still is the answer. Um, and that could keep the likes of Kane as well at the club. So I think it'd be a smart move uh, for the summer that I'd be happy with. I want to see us playing great football. Arsenal, hate to admit it, they're playing great football, right? And uh, I know they're not top of the league anymore, right? They've got a game in hand, but I'm still going to say the top of the league because they're joint top and they have a game in hand. Top of the league playing fantastic football where we're playing terrible football and outside the top four. And that is when I, I look at that and go partly, you know, Arsenal done better us better than us in the window, but also that comes down to the manager. And I'm, I'm, I'm sick of Conte being tactically outclassed and having no answers to it, Luke. Conte, we're not managers like Conte, right? We're not elite coaches, right? We're elite managers, but we know when something's not right, we would change things, right? For example, Leicester, two v one versus a two v one versus Pori on his debut. You'd either you you put two on that side, wouldn't you, to to deal with that. What did Conte do? He didn't do that. He kept Poro on his own, and we and he got actually battered down that side because it's two v one, and, and you got all those overreactions from fans. That is really all on Conte that, and he should apologise. I think Levy, not, not many fans would like what I'm going to say, but I think Levy has to apologise uh, to Potashino for getting back because I think he showed him a lack of respect by sacking him after what he's achieved. You know, kind of sacking him, you know, leave immediately. I think after what he'd. You know, achieved the amount of finals, semi-finals we got to, where we'd finished in the league, fighting for trophies. I think he that that is where for me that is one of the reasons why I, I am Levy in particularly out is that you know in that situation the likes of Arsenal with Arteta stuck with him. You know, not I'm not I didn't expect to throw cash. At, don't I don't expect to spend money like Chelsea and City, even without no signings. You have got he had to accept that season where he got sacked. That we, it's not going to be the the fantastic season. It could have been turned around, couldn't it? But it just you've got to accept and focus on next season. I think it was wrong to sack Pochettino that early on in the season. I know how bad we've been, but you had to look at the bigger picture. Russia bloods the head. Listen to what a few fans were saying. That is uh, moving on slightly. That is where I feel you know slightly sorry for Levy because I do believe that he does listen to the fans. You know, but when a couple of fans say something, a manager out. I think he does listen. And he needs to sometimes look at the bigger picture, but yeah. Quick summary of that: a quick, I'd have Poch back any day. Better football, I think, would be a better place. I'd ha- I don't want him back until I don't want him until the summer, and I do think he will come to Spurs. So that's
0: a good idea for the summer. Yeah, I think you're 100 um, correct with that. At least we don't have to argue on that point. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, let's move on then because we are running out of time, and so I want to talk very briefly about West Ham. Because you know it's another big game. West Ham aren't the team they were last season. I think they're in poor form. I think that they made the wrong decision not getting rid of uh, David Moyes um, a few months ago or a month ago. Um, But they have picked up a little bit of form. Got a draw last week. Uh, I think it was uh, through. Your thought behind the lineup?
1: Sorry, Luke, I, I missed what you said.
0: Uh, the Sorry, thought you me through the, little... the thoughts between your uh, lineup that you tweeted out on Twitter.
1: Oh, yeah, the lineup. I don't, I don't know if I can remember it exactly. I would change the formation. As much as I'd love to see a back four, yeah, I'd be more realistic. Change to 3 5 two. Obviously, full string goal. There isn't that much option there. I think the back three I went for is obviously, obviously Romero. Dyer and Lenglet. I think at the moment is probably our best back three. Uh, right wing back. I went for Emerson. I think he's in good form. Stepped up for his position. Introduced Poirot from the bench if things if it's the right situation to do so. Left wing back. Slight surprise. I don't know if it'd be up to it, but I've gone for Ben Davis. People go, why well, is per- Perisic not in that team? Look at the amount of games and um, you know minutes that Perisic has played. At his age, and I think he's, it's a lot to ask him, isn't it? Twice a week, 90 minutes to go up and down the flanks. People say, oh, he gets paid a lot. Yeah, but for a 34-year-old, there's a lot to ask. He's, he's played a lot of minutes, setting you on injured. So I put Davies left uh, wing back. I'd have three in midfield. Obviously, I think Sar and Skip should be in there, partly just because of their performance against Milan. They showed heart, played for the badge and done us proud. And I partly also I couldn't take Hoiberg out of the team. So Hoiberg in there as well. And I've gone with the front two. And that front two doesn't include Son or Kulusevski. It's a front two of Kane and Richarlison. And I thought about this deeply and I thought without the ball, um, Kane could drop behind Richarlison, which obviously now you've got that three in midfield and you've got Kane just in front. I can't see, you know, you can't see West Ham playing through that. Um, and I, I just think that Kane and Richarlison together as a front two would be great. As much as I'd like to see Kane play behind Richarlison, also as a front two, will be interesting. So that is my lineup in a three-five-two. And um, Son and Kulisevsky, I think have been poor recently. And uh, even if you may be a good player or a very good player, you need to perform to be able to get your place, you know, at a big club. So I think benching them will send a message that they need to step up their game, uh, and that's. Conte won't do that. He, he He's afraid, you know, he won't do that. he keep them on the pitch and they think they've played really well. But that is the team that I would play.
0: Yeah, interesting, Harry, definitely. I, I still think that the, they won't change the formation. I would I like to. to see potentially Son being dropped, maybe Dan Juma. Um, you could even play with Charleston on that side to come in. Um, I don't think either of them offer what um, Son does offer, but I do believe that a player isn't undroppable and should be... Uh, should be dropped for at least a game. Um, but the interesting part for me is who, you know, let's say we do play with a two in midfield. Who joins Hoyberg? Do you have Skip, who I think is similar to a certain degree to Hoyberg, yeah. Or do you go with Saar, who offers a bit more power and pace? I would go with, Probably was more the unpopular opinion, I think, in
1: Skip, because just because of that bit more Premier League experience in the London derby, So don't get me wrong, lived up to expectation against Milan and Arsenal beyond that expectation. In fact, you know, I've got to be kind to him here. You know, fantastic, done us proud in both those games, um, even when the team hasn't stepped up. But Skip has that little bit more Premier League experience and in the London derby, I think little things like that can make a difference. Yeah, a little bit of experience. And... um We've been poor defensively, you know, for for a while now, especially since especially since the World Cup. And skip, I think, is 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 having two almost that like two defensive midfielders in there, uh, and I think that will break down any West Ham counterattack personally. And I, I believe that the likes of um, Kane and Richarlison will be able to, to be able to do it on their own. People will look at my team and go, "Where does their creativity come from?" Well, that's when the for me the likes of Romero has to drive the likes of uh, Davis. Emerson can make a difference from the wing, uh, and I believe Højbjerg has stepped up on the creative side of things as well. As we discussed, uh, I think he can step up and do that. So that is is my team, and I'm I'm willing to to hear opinions about it and what people would change.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, I personally would play Saar because I don't, I you know, I think that they would be too similar in my opinion. Plus. You know, Hoiberg usually plays on the right, if I remember rightly. Yeah. And mm, Skip usually plays on the right. And then Sar usually plays on the left. But yeah. you know, it, it can be changed. Um, I think they would complement each other, being able to drop deep and then press forward and things like that. Uh, we will see. I also think that Hoiberg's lack of tackling ability would see Sar being able to cover, but I don't see us um losing this game. I can't see mm-hmm. us. Um, losing to West Ham. Yeah, no, I can't. But for everyone that is watching, get your score predictions in to the chat now and we'll uh, see what, what you all think. But Harry, I'll come over to you first, mate, and uh, ask you what you think the score's going to be.
1: I'm up for this, right? I usually go into games, as you know, Luke. You haven't known me for long, right? But I do go into games going, oh, we going to lose? I take one look at the defence, look at our form. Club, I don't think, is in the best of place. But it, it hasn't been for a while now this season. Um it's, it's a London derby, you know, as I said, up for it. I hope the club are. It's their cup final, uh, and you know, and they for them, they think they're massive. You know, last year they're going on about they're massive, you know, and the thought of them being in the championship next season is great. You can't be massive in the championship, surely. Um, so yeah, I'm up for this. I'm going 3 1 Spurs, uh, and I think I think Kane will score. I think Son and Kulisevsky also score a goal for each of the front three, um, which will be which will be great for confidence levels, uh, and uh. I don't think it'd be easy. 3-1 people go, oh, it's probably going to be a stroll in the park. It's never going to be against West Ham. They're up for it. It is their cup final. They, their fans don't want to hear it, but they're up for it. They've got no bigger game uh, in the season. They're up for this. Um, we must make sure we are, because I went to the game, uh, their first game that they played here, at our new stadium, Toronto Boston Stadium, and they did win 1-0. We can't let that happen again. You know, that was embarrassment at the time. Um, so, I, and I wouldn't take a point either. This is, this is a not necessarily a must-win game, but it's a game that, we, you know, we want to win uh, and we want to do it without any major challenges.
0: So, yeah, I'm going 3-1 Spurs. Perfect. I'm going uh, 2-0 Spurs. I want to see a clean sheet this weekend. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. I think, I think that we'll see... I think you will play Porra, but I think he should play Emerson Royale. Um, yeah. And, you know, I expect to see Saar and Hojbjerg in, in midfield and I would like to see Son dropped, even if it's for 45 minutes um as i think that yeah i don't, i believe that we can still beat a west ham team without human son you team so that kind of wraps us up um you know thanks to everyone this morning that has joined us we'll be back every saturday morning <laughs> at 11 a.m don't forget to stick it in your diary uh harry you have a new show on your channel Scarfie spurs talk so tell everyone about it
1: Thank you. Yeah. Um. Yes, I have a new show on Scarface Festival, which, as you know, I'm probably the founder. Of, I'm founder of uh, independent like hub and fan channel. Um. And I've been working on my YouTube channel for a long while now. More content, stuff like post match reactions, pre match previews, and now live shows every Monday, eight p.m. Where I have guests on. Um. Yeah. So we'll be going live Monday. Uh, I'll be joined by. Um, Um, football manager, content creator, David, which you may know, uh, also has his own YouTube channel. I'll be joined uh, Monday, so I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, please um, tune in, but also, importantly, make sure to subscribe um, to the podcast, to subscribe to Partnering Podcast and follow us on all socials.
0: Oh, thank you very much, Harry. Uh, Yeah, as you said, you know, go over to Harry's channel, um, support him and Mm -hmm. um, show him some love on Monday nights at 8 o'clock. So, That's kind of been it for today. Make sure you're subscribing to the channel. Make sure you're following on all podcast platforms. And uh, if you want to follow me on social media, you can at Luke underscore Park Lane. More importantly, follow Park Lane Pod. That's Park Lane Pod on all social media and Park Lane Podcast on YouTube and social and platforms. So thank you all very, very much for joining again this week. We've enjoyed the chat. Um, Get your comments in. And, uh, you know, let's hope for a Spurs win this week. So as we always say on this show before we finish, a big come on you Spurs. Come on you Spurs.